Welcome to Healing for Today with your hosts Darren and Jenny. We're here to study what the Bible teaches on healing, the Kingdom of God and who we are in Christ Jesus. Why don't you connect with us on healing4today.org healingfortoday.org It's really good having you with us today. Now let's sit back and relax and let's get into what the Word of God says today. Praise God. Thank you, sir. Bless you. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor. It's an honour to come and share the word with you today. Um, God is so, so good. So good. So, 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 so good. It's, uh, it's awesome. He is an amazing God. Okay. I, I want to um, bounce off of, um, similar to what Jenny was just been sharing, a husband and wife, we work together. Can't help it. Um, but I want to talk about the, our identity in Christ. And this is such an important subject. It is such a key subject because in our travels around the world, in my travels across nations, I have seen so many Christians being shortchanged from what God has actually given to them because they don't know who they are in Christ Jesus. And because they don't know who they are in Christ Jesus, the problem with that is they're not able to stand on their identity and knowing their identity they can't fight an enemy now identity is a such as an important subject now we as I say we've done a lot of traveling and that's my passport you know I can go into another country and a person come up come up to me and says who are you and I said well I'm, I'm, I'm Darren hi where do you come from I have everything in this passport that says who I am. We'll come back to that in a minute. I want to ask a question, and this is a bit of a testimony of my life. Has anybody ever come up to you and say, you can't do that? You're not able to do that. You're not smart enough. You, 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 you've just not got the skills. You can't. And they speak about negative things over our lives. You know, the danger in that is that if we meditate on that and, and dwell on what the negative things that have been spoken over our lives, we end up being the very thing that they've spoken over our lives if we're not careful. Because we're joining, like Jenny was sharing with the, the three spirit, soul and body, but we're identifying with the flesh, with the wrong side of what things should be. And therefore, we can miss out. And it only happens when we meditate on those things. It only happens if we just dwell on those things. And I, I, I have to put my hand up and say, do you know what? I've listened to teachers that have said I was useless, right? But I'm not. I know that because I've succeeded in life. Praise God, you know? And those words can actually hurt. They can really hurt us and damage us. And... In doing those, well, those words damaging us, it, it really, really does cause us problems in our, who we are and our identity. 
you know, the words of parents over children are phenomenal. And they're so powerful. They can make or break a child. Now, in my church when I grew up, there was a man that really didn't pay a lot of attention to his son. And his son has disowned him now. He won't have anything to do with him. Now, isn't that sad that a son won't even recognise or identify with his dad? And yet, we've just been down to see my father. And I am just so honoured to have seen my dad. And I'm so blessed that my father has always backed me in anything I wanted to do. He's always been there to support me. And he's spoken truths into my life. And he's always said, Darren, you've got your head in the cloud, but keep your feet on the ground. Amen. Okay? And, and he's always encouraged me to pursue after the things of God. Even this last trip that we made down to see my dad, he said to both Jenny and I, there's something in your life, Darren, that God has invested. And do you know what? I turned around to him and I said, Dad, that's because you have taught me the way I should go. You've trained me in the things of God. Now, he knows and I know that we don't agree all on doctrine stuff the same. And we have a good laugh about it. You know, he'll say to me, you know, oh, well, I'm going to have to ask God about that when I get to heaven. And I said, I know his answer before you get there, Dad. And he said, what's that? He said, you should have listened to your son because he was right. You know, now we joke and laugh about it. But you know what? If, if it wasn't for my dad, I wouldn't be here right now. I wouldn't be sharing the word of God as he's brought me up in the things of God because he believed in what God had for my life and now for Jenny's as well. Now I want us to look at this in the life of Jesus and it's quite interesting okay before Jesus even started his ministry he went and got baptized and this is what happened you can see this in uh, Matthew 3:16. So in the book of Matthew, we're just going to read one verse of Matthew 3, 16. It says, and after he was baptized, that the spirit of God descended on him like a dove. Now, I, I haven't got the whole scripture written out here, so I'm just going to cut through it quick. But the spirit of God came on Jesus when he came up out of the water. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. You imagine that. You're following the, the whole of what the Bible teached, their Bible they had at their day, and followed it by the letter. He was perfect in all of the law, all of the activities. He was perfect in his attitude, in his respect for his parents, in all things. He was perfect. And it was, he went to go and get baptised, so he went down in the water, he came up, and God says... This is my son in whom I'm well pleased. Do you imagine that? Hearing that. Do you know what? That's exactly the same for you and me as born again Christians. We have a father who is pleased about us. He's, he's so excited. Why? Because we are in Christ Jesus. And as, as Dr. Ike was saying... You know, it's because of the covenant that we've just shared that we can actually say, I've got a father in heaven who loves me beyond words. 
beyond anything that I can imagine. I can do the things that he's asked me to do. Why? Because he's given me the ability to do it. He believes in me. Our identity must be in Christ Jesus. God sees us all through exactly and in exactly the same way as he sees Jesus right now. Right now. That's important because we see as Christians we often think, well, one day I will be. One day I'm going to be. But doesn't the word of God says that as Christ is, so are we in this world? I'll give you a clue. Christ isn't sick right now. Jesus isn't sick. He's not struggling financially. He's not struggling with, with self-esteem or attitudes towards different people. He's perfect in every single way. And our father turns around and says, that's my son. I'm really proud of him. I'm really pleased with him. And he also turns around and says, you know what? I love you guys. I'm really proud of you. I'm really pleased with you because you're perfect in my eyes. Imagine that. That's amazing. That's so, so good. Now, Jesus just got baptised. He just got out of the water and he got himself shaken down. And then he was led into the desert by the Holy Spirit to be tempted by the Holy Spirit. This is a ploy of the enemy every single time with every single person on the planet of this earth. Because he went with, the, with Jesus, watched him for 40 days, saw that Jesus was getting hungry. Then he went up to him and he said this in Matthew 4. Verse uh, 1 through to 3, you can read the story. But he says to Jesus, you know, if you are the son of God, command these stones into bread. I know you're hungry, but if you are the son of God, why don't you, why don't you just turn these, bread, these stones into bread? Have, you, have something to eat. The devil's not subtle, Right? He's not subtle because he came when Jesus was hungry and addressed his hunger, his earthly, his body, his natural being and tempted his natural being. But then questioned and said, well, if you are this, hadn't God just said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. And the devil comes on and goes, yeah, but if you are the son of God, and you think, Really? Now we read that and we think, duh, you know, that's our favourite saying, my Jenny and I, it's like, oh, that's a duh moment. But the reality of it was, is that Satan plays the same old tricks over and over and over and over again. Because if we rewind the clock and go back to the Garden of Eden, we see how God had said to Adam, Adam, and he'll, you know, and speaks to, speaks to Adam in the garden, don't eat of this tree. And Adam says, okay. Satan comes to Eve and says, Eve, has God said? Has God, oh really? Oh, has, what is he doing? He's addressing what God has declared every single time. And if you listen to his lies and you follow the natural flesh. Oh, I feel sick today. Oh, I don't feel well today. That's the enemy using your body 
to lie to you, to get you to think a certain way, where doctors and nurses will come and give you reports, and I've got nothing against doctors and nurses. You know, I really do respect a lot of them. Some of them I don't, but a lot of them I really respect. But you know what? God uses those th things, not God, sorry, Satan uses the things and the people around us to try and take us down a road that is contrary to the word of God. And we have to be on our guard. We really do need to be on our guard because he's subtle in the way he does it. Same old tricks, but he just brushes them and paints them in a slightly different way that if you can bite into it and say, yeah, do you know what? Yeah, that sounds about right. You know, I'll give you an example. Okay, I, before Christmas, was driving down the road to get Jenny, probably milk or something, I can't remember what it was, and the cars that were parked on that side of the road were right in front of me. And I thought, that's not right. That's, that's really not right. That shouldn't be like that. And I got really bad headaches. So bad I had to go and lie on bed and just, it wiped me out for days. And I thought, well, we better go and see a doctor and check up on it. And we did. And I had MRI scans, had all the scans and all the da-da-da-da-da, and off it goes. But you know what? I started to apply the word of God immediately. I said, I'm not having this. I have the mind of Christ. I have double vision. Not so long ago, we went to a neurologist who looked at my MRI scans. And I love it because I keep rubbing Jenny's nose in it and saying... I have photographic proof that I have the perfect brain. There's nothing wrong with my brain whatsoever. My eyes, we've just come back from Sussex last week and seeing my parents. I drove with both eyes wide open down motorways and it was perfect. You know, God is good. God is good. But I will not listen to the lies of the enemy saying this is a bad one this is a bad one you better lie down better be careful cool you just don't know no i stood on the word of god i stood on what god has told me i am now it is interesting that the devil will use let's just turn the page the devil uses the same old tricks time and time again but he uses the things around us and in the flesh to lead us down certain paths if he can. Now, I want us to look at the similar thing of a mindset in the Old Testament. And I want us to look at Numbers 13. So here we know the story of the 12 disciples um, or 12, 12 men, spies, that went into the promised land and they spied out the land. And in Numbers 13, verse 30, it says, Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and possess it, for we are able to overcome it. But the men that went with him said, we're not able to go up against these people because they're stronger than us. They gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land, which they had just gone and spied saying the land in which you we have gone and spied is a land that devours its inhabitants basically they're saying this land is so rough 
There's no way you can, you can take this land. It's tough on its people. And then they turned around and said, and all the people whom we saw in it were men of great stature. And they saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which came from the giants. And in our eyes, we were like grasshoppers. So we were in their eyes. Now, my question would be, did they actually go and talk to these giants? Did they actually go and say, excuse me, I'm a spy from Israel. Um, I'd just like to interview, did you actually, um, what do you think of us? No, of course they didn't. They went and spied out the land. They didn't speak to them, but their imagination was, oh man, these guys are tough. These guys are big. Now, when you look at these tribes, I don't know if any of you have studied about them, but these giants, they were big. One of, the t one of the kings of one of the tribes had a bed. That bed is 13 and a half feet long and six foot wide. Now, six foot wide is bigger than me. Okay? 13 and a half foot is approximately from the wall to the chairs. That's 13 and a half feet approximately. That was his bed. This guy was a big dude. And you know what? The devil will try and use giants in our lives to bring fear. And do you know what? It's the ten spies. They were so negative. They used their imagination. They looked at the things that were around them. They looked at the circumstance. They looked at the ground. But they did not listen to what God had promised them. They just totally looked in the flesh. and said, we can't because... Joshua and Caleb, I love these guys, were of a different spirit, totally different spirit. And their focus was on what God had spoken, not on what they saw. And that's a key for us today. You see, Joshua and Caleb were men of the covenant. They took God's word over the report of these other ten. But the interesting thing here is when you look at these two guys, Joshua and Caleb on one side and the others on the other side, they both got exactly what they believed for. Because the ten did not go into the promised land. They stayed in the desert and died in the desert. The two that took the word of God pursued the things of God and got the promises that God had already declared for them. They had a different spirit. They lived according to what the word of God said and not according to what their flesh says. And there's no difference for us today. It's exactly the same. We have a book. We have a book full of promises to go and possess our land. To go and see that vision and get that vision. We have a book that tells us that we are healed. To go and get that healing. You know? Or go and get that promotion if you need a promotion today. You know? Because how we think of ourselves, or whether we fear others, will limit the promise in our minds, in our thinking. And we've just seen a demonstration of that. That as we think, so are we, you know? And it's important 
that we stay on the word of God and declare the word of God over our lives. Because when we do this, we see victory. But if we don't, we limit God in our lives. And God is faithful to his word. It's where you put your identity. It's how you say, yeah, do you know what? I'm a citizen of the United Kingdom. But you know what? I'm a citizen of heaven. I'm a child of the most high God. Therefore, I have rights. I have the ability to speak those things that are not as though they were and declare the truth of the word of God. And people tend to identify with what they do or what they've accomplished. I'm, I'm a doctor. Oh, I'm a mechanic. I'm a whatever. You know, and doctors are good at this as well. Doctors will declare, oh, you're whatever your ailment would be. You know, oh, you're a whatever your ailment may be. And it's like, <laughs> what? No, that's not the truth. The truth is I'm a child of the most holy God and I am healed from all sickness and all disease according to 1 Peter 2.24. I'm not a whatever that ailment may be. I'm a child of God. That's who I am. You see, however we may um, look at our new identity, however we see our new identity in Christ, has nothing to do with what we are, of who we are, what we've accomplished, what we've achieved, what we, which family we were brought up in. It has nothing to do with it. When we declare that Jesus Christ is Lord and make him Lord of our lives, we automatically move from a kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. You read that in Colossians. And it's so important. You see, who are we actually in Christ? Let's look at this a little bit. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation, a new creature. Old things have passed away. Look, all things have become new. All things. So as we've seen today and we've heard today, our spirit man is perfect in every shape or form. Our spirit man is just like Jesus Christ. Our spirit man is exactly the same as Jesus. And therefore, we need to, it's key that we need to have our identity, our mind renewed into the new identity of who we are in the spirit and not in the flesh. Because we're in Christ Jesus, we take on his identity. Because we're in Christ Jesus, he has given us his spirit. And because we're in, in his spirit, we have all the promises of God. All of them. So you have a need, look it up in the, in, the, in the scriptures. You declare the word of God and no weapon formed against you will prosper. He has made us heirs of Christ Jesus. He has, he has given us his inheritance. What's his inheritance? I was just said earlier, Jesus isn't sick right now. Jesus isn't poor right now, and as he is, so are we here on this earth. It's so important that we renew our minds and we declare the word of God. We have the very mind of Christ. You imagine that you're in a really big business 
operation or, or, or business meeting and you just declare, Lord, I need your help here. And it's, oh, yeah, okay, right. What you need to do is you need to say, da 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 And you think, man, that's weird. You get up and you say it, and it brings the whole meeting into order, and you see the results that you need. We must, we must, we must take on the identity of who we are in Christ Jesus. Now, let me confirm this with several scriptures. First scriptures is Ephesians 2.10. It says, for we are his workmanship, okay, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we should walk in them. Okay, second scripture is 2 Corinthians 1.10. For all the promises of God in him are yes, but in him are amen. amen. So if we're in him and he says, by, your, by, by, by Jesus' stripes you are healed and we're in him, I just say amen to that, I'm having that. And that's what faith is. Faith isn't something that I, I, and this is what I used to believe, that faith is something that I needed to muster up to try and get God to move on my behalf. God's already done it. He's done everything he's going to do for us already. My faith is saying, I believe that, I'll accept that, because that's what it says in the word of God. And because of that, my spirit man being perfect, in my spirit, I am totally and utterly healed, restored, forgiven, equipped. And therefore, if that's in my spirit, I need to get it from my spirit into my flesh. And that's where we need to renew our mind. Let me give you an example of this. Okay, if I took my Bible and I gave it to Dr. Wright, so there you go, thank you. Right, now, if Dr. Wright now turned around to me and said, uh, Darren, can I have your Bible? I kind of like, what? D Darren, I need your Bible. Can I, can I have your Bible? I've I got to turn around and say, well, I can't, you've already got it. And I'd look a bit blank and a bit, like, confused. And if God could be confused... I think he would be when you say, God, can I, can I have my healing? God, can I have more prosperity? God, can I, can I, can I? And he said, I've, I've already given it to you. And have you ever prayed for something? Can you just hear silence? It's because you've already got it. And God's looking at you a little bit confused going, I've already given it to you. What we need to do is agree with what he's given to us and say, I rebuke sickness in my body. I refuse to allow this. I don't know, let's, let's just use a, a, a depression. I refuse, I rebuke you, repression. Now, what do we do here? Do we talk to God about the problem? Or do we talk to the problem about our God? That is such a key issue right there. Because so many Christians in the world today are talking to God about their problem. God, this sickness and this pain in my neck and it's like, oh, not again. You know? Instead of saying, hey, pain in the neck, I serve a good God. I serve a God that healed me 2,000 years ago. By his stripes, I am healed. Pain, you get off my body now in the name of Jesus Christ. The pain has got to go. Because you're talking to the pain about your problem. You're talking about your finances, about a God that supplies all our needs according to his riches in glory. You're talking to the, to the mountain that you're facing and say, be thou cast into the sea. Get 
out of my life. How dare you trespass? I'm a child of the Most High God. I have an inheritance. I am the redeemed of the Lord. And I say that by the stripes of Jesus Christ, I'm healed. I am a child of the Most High God. And I do not accept pain, suffering, sickness, whatever the ailment or the problem might be. But so often as Christians, we talk to God, not knowing who we are in Christ Jesus. And when we do, you can see the way that I get a little bit against the things of the enemy. That's because I know who I am in Christ. And, you know, because I know who I am in Christ, I know the authority that he's laid on my heart and laid into me and said, Darren, you go heal the sick. You go raise the dead. You go and prosper. You go be it a blessing, because if it's given as you give, it will be given to you. So therefore, I take on that identity. I get my heavenly passport out and I walk up to the enemy and I say, you shut your mouth. This is not acceptable. I stop you from speaking to me in that tone, in that voice. I silence you and I cast you out of my life right now in the name of Jesus. You have no authority. You have no power over me. I'll tell you something. The children of Israel, when they went into the promised land, God promised them that all of the protection of the enemy was lifted and taken from them. And yet they wouldn't go. Oh, the mountain's too big, the problem's too hard, oh, the, the difficulties, woe is me, woe is me. And they missed out on the promises of God. You know, Joshua and Caleb went into the promised land. They'd got bu bunches of grapes that it took two men to carry. That is a large bunch. Doritos, massive bags of Doritos. Imagine, you know, absolutely awesome. God wants to bless his children. But because we don't know who we are, we miss out on the blessings of God. You see, God wants to heal us. God wants to bless us. But I'm just going to read another scripture there, actually, quickly in closing. Romans 12.2 says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. What is God's will? That you prosper? That you walk in health? That everything you put your hand to is blessed? You know, that's God's will for your life right now, today. And yet, do you know what it says here? Do not be conformed. What does it mean to be conformed? To be conformed means to be moulded, to be shaped into. You look at your television with the adverts on the television. You look at the marketing that goes on all around the streets. You look at the way the government is teaching us and training us. Things. You look at social media, media, what they're telling you is all conforming us to think and act a certain way. And it says, do not be conformed. Do not be moulded into the things that the devil wants you to be moulded into. You know, it, it's so key here. And then it says, be transformed. The word transform is metamorpho. Okay. We all know about uh, caterpillars and they go into to butterflies. They go through a metamorphosis stage. And that's exactly what it's saying about changing from one thing into the other. Colossians 3.10 says, and having embraced the new nature, 
who we are in Christ, having embraced that which is renewed in the knowledge after the image of him who created it. It's the lack of knowledge that we suffer in churches today because we are taught little clips out of the newspaper or little stories and we miss out on what the word of God is actually saying. And we need to have our minds renewed and conformed and transformed that we think a certain way. We were travelling down, as I say, to, to, to Sussex, okay? And on the sat-nav, it says, road restrictions, trouble on the roads ahead. And Jenny and I immediately together said, we're not having that. No, we do not have trouble or restrictions on the roads. We have a clear pathway. We're driving straight through from here to there. We've got five and a half to six hours. We rebuke that in the name of Jesus Christ. That happened five times on the way down. Now, we knew that when we left, by the time we got to Heathrow Airport, which is like the car park around the airport, it would be clogged with traffic. We drove straight through, straight through, no problems at all, because we declared what is going to happen and what things are going to be. And that's what we need to do as children of God. Amen. You know, we have to change our identity. We can look at things in the flesh and in the natural and conform. That, that's easy because, you know, we have grown up and been taught to think and act a certain way. You know, oh, I'm feeling not well. Well, you better go and lie down. And we get your hot water bottle and a, and a, and a glass of juice and you don't have to go to school today. But yeah, oh, yeah, no, no, I can't do that. Yeah, no, no, I'm really not well. You know? But we don't live that way. First off, what does the Word of God say about our identity? Psalm 1, verse 1 through to 3 says, Blessed is the man who walks in the counsel, blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits under the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by rivers of water that brings forth fruit in its season. Its leaf will not wither and whatever he does will prosper. Do you know something? And I'm wrapping it up here now. When we actually do this scripture that we don't listen and don't agree. And I've said to doctors, I don't agree with that. I don't accept that. I've said to people, I don't agree with that. I don't accept that. Our roots go deep. Our roots go down. Because you know what? God is not a God of you as just an individual. God is a God of the nations. And you know what? As you plant your seed deep in what his word says about you, you become like a tree rooted by the rivers of living water. And you know what? The deeper the roots by getting into the Word of God, by, by studying the Word of God and believing what the Word of God, the roots go deeper and deeper and deeper, but the branches come out and they grow. And as those branches grow, do you know what? You become a shelter for those that are in need. Do you know what? You become a tree that bears fruit. And in bearing fruit, it's not all about us. It's about others that might need us at the right time to come and take shelter under us, to come and take the fruit that we have.
and to bless them so that the glory of God shines through us so that his name is lifted high. That is our desire. That is what we want. And in Proverbs 4, and I'll just skip through this, it says, My son, my daughter, again, Jesus, my son, in whom I'm well pleased. Today, he's saying, my son, my daughter, attend to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes, but keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Do you know what? To attend means to give attention to and focus on. Incline means listen to the word of God. Listen to read it out loud. Speak it out loud. Let them not depart from your eyes. Give time. Reading the word of God. Meditating on the word of God. If you can, watch the word of God on telly. You know? Do not let them depart from your eyes. Listen and study. Keep them in your heart. You've got to give diligence to that. But how do you keep the word of God in your heart? Use your imagination. See yourself in the scriptures. So when Jesus went and somebody came up and said, Lord, would you heal my son? Would you heal me? He said, yeah, sure. Where is he? Come here. Picture yourself going up to Jesus and saying, Lord, I know you've healed me. I just need to see it manifested. Sure, here, let's go. That's our Jesus. That's who we are. So what kind of land are you having to take? What kind of land are you believing God for? And I'm really wrapping up now. What has God given to you to go and possess? He's done that with every single one of us. He's given us a dream and a desire in our hearts. And although God has already told the Israelites that they had to go in to take them, they got the victory and they got to go into the promised land, they had to go in and fight for what was rightfully theirs. So what has God said to us? What has Jesus done? Well, he's defeated our enemies. He's given us his name. He's given us a, a power, the very same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, Romans 8, 11. Right? He's given us his righteousness. He's made us more than conquerors. My friends, today I want to encourage you that where there's a place in your life today where you need to go and possess what is rightfully yours, to stand up and say, yeah, this year, 2023, I'm taking ground back. I'm taking what the enemy's stolen from me because it's mine. My God has given that to me. My God has supplied all of these things and I'm no longer going to stand and allow sickness, pain, suffering, whatever it might be in our bodies, lack of finances. It doesn't matter what it is. Our God is for us and if God be for us, who or what can be against us? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, I just pray that this word has been an encouragement and, and, and a, an inspiration to spur into you and press into you and your word. So, Father, I pray right now in the mighty name of Jesus, whether we're here in person or online, Lord, that you, you speak to us and stir us so that we get bold in what we have in you. And we thank you, Lord, for Jesus and what you've done for us. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. 
thank you for joining us today. Our prayer is that you've been blessed. Remember, send us your questions at healingnumber4today.org and we'll do our best to answer you in a future study. Till the next study, be blessed and remember, stay in His Word.